0: Great to see you, Journey, and I will say as well, happy Mother's Day. Um, In preparation for this weekend, uh, I just realized, and some of you don't know that I'm actually relatively new to being a pastor at a church, and in the role that I am around Journey, it's only been a little over a year that I've been doing that. Uh, So this was the first time that I ever had the opportunity to talk on Mother's Day. And I started to think and reflect a little bit, what would I want to do to honor women and to honor moms on this day? And there's something that I began to realize. There is a huge spectrum of how women experience Mother's Day. There's a wide range of emotions. For some, this is just an incredibly joyous day of celebration. But for some, this is a day of incredible sadness. I actually read that there are many women and moms that choose not to come to church on this day. And when I read that, It just broke my heart. It broke my heart, but it also opened my eyes. And I started to think a little bit. One of the things that we've wanted to do well around Journey is we wanna learn how to rejoice together, but we also wanna learn how to mourn and lament together. We need to honor both ends of the spectrum. And so instead of just saying some kind of a blanket, Happy Mother's Day out there, I wanna honor moms and women Maybe in a different way. To those of you who gave birth this last year to your first child, we just wanna say we celebrate with you. And we are praying that you get just a little bit of sleep. We know how that is. Duck on it. If you've lost a child this year, we mourn and we lament with you. We want to join with you in your grief. And in your loss. To those of you who are in the trenches. Battling with little ones. And you're wearing the badges of food stains on your clothes. And spit up on your shoulder. We want to say we salute those badges together. For those of you that have experienced loss this last year. Through a miscarriage. Through failed adoptions. Maybe even running away we want you to know that we just want to put our arms around you and we want to mourn with you. To those of you who have walked the hard path of infertility that's fraught with all of its pokes and prods and tears and disappointment, we just want you to know that we want to walk that path with you, alongside you. And please, please would you forgive us for the stupid things that we say? because we don't understand. We don't wanna make it harder than it is. To those of you that are walking the path of motherhood alone, because of death, because of divorce, because of maybe decisions that other people have made, we want to walk that path with you as well. We wanna do what we can to be help to you, to be hope to you. And maybe we just are gonna be a hand to you that walks with you down that road. For those of you that are here that are foster moms, mentor moms, spiritual moms, base camp moms, people that are taking the spiritual growth of another person seriously and helping them to grow into maturity, whether they're your kids or not, I want you to know you are the heroes of our church. We are so grateful that you're here and we need more people like you. May your tribe increase. To those of you that have warm and close relationships with your kids, we celebrate. That is awesome. We celebrate with you. But for those that have disappointment, heartache, and maybe even distance with your kids, we want you to know that we want to sit with you in that. And we want to pray with you, believing God for redemption. For reconciliation and restoration of those broken relationships. To those of you that lost mothers this year, we want you to know that we grieve with you. To those of you that have experienced pain and abuse by your very own mother, we want you to know that we stand with you and we acknowledge your experience. And we wanna come alongside you and pray for God's healing. Of those wounds For those of you That have survived all the driving tests All the medical tests And just all the overall testing That motherhood provides And you've turned around And now you're helping younger mothers Walk that out We want to thank you Thank you for running the race well And finishing the race well We are so grateful And we're better because you're here For those of you that are going to have Emptier nests At the end of this year, we grieve with you, and maybe we rejoice with you a little bit too. (laughs) I know how that works. For those of you right now that are pregnant with new life, we want to say that we anticipate with you. Whether it was expected or surprised, we are excited to meet the next member of the Journey Church family. Women, moms, we want to honor you, all of you. We're so grateful for all that you do. We want you to know that we are standing with you and on this Mother's Day, we remember you. Let's pray. God, just thank you for this beautiful spectrum of women that we get to walk through life with as part of our Journey Church family. Lord, everyone is experiencing this day differently. Lord, but you know what's happening in the heart of each woman that's here the joys and the pains. And Holy Spirit, we trust that you will be the comfort where there needs to be comfort. And you'll be the one that will celebrate and rejoice with them as well in the places where there's rejoicing. God, thank you for these wonderful women that are part of our Journey Church family. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Journey, we need good news. You don't have to spend a lot of time in the world to realize there's a lot of negative things happening out there. But we're gonna look at a phrase today that the Bible uses to talk about the kingdom of God. And this phrase is the good news of the kingdom. God's rule and reign coming to this earth, it is good news. And this idea that God's kingdom was good news started way back in the Old Testament. If you were here throughout the spring As we did our study on Lamentations We know that a terrible thing Happened in the nation of Israel About 586 BC The Babylonians Conquered the nation of Israel Destroyed Jerusalem Destroyed the temple So this idea of the kingdom of God And what this was going to mean For God's people Became really, really blurry To the nation of Israel We don't have a temple We don't have a city We don't have a king But in the midst of that pain and destruction, God raised up a prophet and his name was Isaiah. And he said to the nation of Israel, look to the future. I will send a king again. And here's what Isaiah said about that king. Look for him. Isaiah 52 verse seven. It says, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messenger who brings good news. Good news. Look for beautiful feet that bring good news. The good news of peace And salvation, the good news that the God of Israel reigns. And this word there that Isaiah uses, it's not just good news in general, it's a specific kind of good news. It's an announcement, a pronouncement that there is a new king, a new reign, and that day will come. And so the nation of Israel, they looked to the horizon and they waited for a king. And they waited and they waited. And they waited. Hundreds of years later, when we get to the New Testament of our Bible, those beautiful feet showed up. Those beautiful feet bringing good news. And when Jesus walked on the scene in the New Testament, one of the very first things is he did in his hometown of Nazareth, he went to the synagogue and he started to preach from that same book of Isaiah. He was reading from the scroll. Out of Isaiah 61, and he wanted the people to know that king that you've been looking for, it's me. Here's what Jesus said, and here's what Jesus read The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring what? Good news. To who? The poor. Good news to the poor. This king was coming to bring good news. To the poor, He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, the blind will see, and the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Jesus saying, I'm the one, I'm the King that you've been looking for. He brought the good news of the kingdom. And sometimes that word in the New Testament, that word good news, we translate it gospel. We talk about the gospel of the kingdom or the good news of the kingdom. And sometimes that idea is the whole teaching of what Jesus taught is called the good news or the gospel. See, Jesus, when he came and he spoke and he taught, everything that he said would have fit in our sermon series, the kingdom of God is like. That was the major message of his. He wanted his people, he wanted his followers to understand what is going to be the nature of this new kingdom that is being ushered in. But the problem was Jesus had to keep explaining it over and over again because there were things that he was describing about this new kingdom that he was bringing that didn't make sense to anybody. It didn't fit their mindset of what they thought of when they thought of a king and a kingdom. See, when they thought about a kingdom, they thought about a powerful king that would come that would use his power and use his might to defeat his enemies and impose his will on people. But Jesus started to talk about a kingdom that didn't happen like that at all. When Jesus talked about what his kingdom was gonna be like, when he talked about the powerful and the mighty in his kingdom, he said, The powerful, the power brokers, they're the ones who are the weakest. They're the ones who are the least of these. They are the ones that are the most humble. Those are the power brokers in my kingdom. That's who's great. People that not use other people to meet their needs and impose their will. But his kingdom, the powerful people in his kingdom are the people that put their needs aside and think about how do I leverage my life? How do I leverage everything that I have to meet the needs of others? People who will love and serve the poor. And the people that will come up against the evil of this world, not with power and might, but by loving by learning how to forgive by learning how to serve and especially serve the poor you can see why this would be so confusing to people it was completely upside down when Jesus taught about his kingdom it was completely upside down everything he taught was completely counterintuitive to everything that people thought they understood about what a kingdom was about Because his kingdom, it wasn't just good news to the people that had, it was good news to everyone and especially the poor and the vulnerable. That was the good news. And this idea that the good news of the kingdom is especially for the poor and the vulnerable, this is rooted in the character of God. And we see it from the very beginning, from the very start of creation. When God made people, It says that God made people, how? He made them in his image. Meaning that the stamp of God, the image of God is on every person. The fingerprints of God is on every person. And the implication of that, you know what that means? Every person matters. Everyone, everywhere. You've never laid eyes on an insignificant person. There is no such thing. All people are equal before God and should be treated with dignity, respect, and fairness. This is how God's kingdom would be lived out. Wouldn't it be great if this is how the world worked? But this isn't how the world works, is it? This is not what we see ever. There are places where God's kingdom is not, where these values are not lived out. In some families, even, people are taken advantage of. In some communities, people are taken advantage of and become vulnerable. And even whole cultures, people are vulnerable. But what God wants us to understand about his kingdom is that he sees that. And he is not okay with that. He cares about the poor and the vulnerable. And he is willing to move and he is willing to act. In God's eyes and in God's economy and in God's kingdom, the vulnerable are valuable. The vulnerable among us are even amongst the most valuable in the eyes of God. It is rooted in who he is. When God wanted to describe what kind of God he was in Psalm 146, this is how he describes himself. He says, he gives justice to the oppressed and food to the hungry. The Lord frees the prisoners. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind and the Lord lifts up. Those who are weighed down. The Lord loves the godly and the Lord protects the foreigners among us. He cares for the orphans and the widows but he frustrates the plans of the wicked. We can't read God's description of himself and come to any other conclusion than that the vulnerable are valuable to God. He sees, he cares, and he wants to act. But this is how God acts in his kingdom. He doesn't do it alone, he does it through his people. From the time that he pulled together the nation of Israel, this was always his plan. He would bless people, he would bless the nation of Israel with the intention that they would be a blessing to others. That's how God works. He moves toward the vulnerable in this world by using his people. Friends, he does it through us. Here's the command that he gives in Proverbs 31. He says, speak up, speak up for those who cannot speak up for themselves. Ensure justice for those who are being crushed. Yes, speak up for the poor and the helpless and see that they get justice. The heart of our God, the heart of our king, the heart of his kingdom is that he wants us to do what we can to level the playing field for everyone because the vulnerable are valuable to him. You know what I love the most about the God that we serve? He doesn't just stand far off and say, hey, get it together, go do this on my behalf. He doesn't just tell us what to do he shows us what to do yes he calls us to a radically selfless life but he showed us a radically selfless life god himself actually became a radically selfless life the king the king of infinite valuable value no one more valuable than him he made himself vulnerable he became vulnerable To the oppression of people Why? So that he could show how to live among the vulnerable And how to help us understand that those vulnerable are infinitely valuable to him He showed us how to do that The king himself became vulnerable The king came to earth as a king Did our king get a crown? Yeah he did But it wasn't a crown of gold. It wasn't a crown of jewels. It was a crown of thorns that was crushed down on his head. Caused his face to bleed. Did he get a royal robe? Kind of. But that robe that was given to him, it wasn't a robe of majesty. It was a robe of mockery. The soldiers put it on him and they beat him. And they mocked him. Were hands lifted up in worship to the king? Sometimes, but hands were also lifted up and they beat him. Was he raised up on a throne to be worshiped? No. He was raised up on a cross to die. To die, to tell us that the vulnerable are valuable. I will become like you, I will die for you, so that you will understand that the vulnerable are valuable. Those beautiful feet. Those beautiful feet of Jesus, they were run through on a cross so that we would know that the vulnerable are valuable to him. Friends, our mission, our mission statement as a church is that we lead people to radical love in action just like Jesus. If we wanna live out that mission, what God is calling us to do, we need to grab a hold of the same heart that he had but when we look at the world and when we look at the vulnerable, we see people that are valuable because they matter in God's eyes. But you know what's going to happen? If you take this seriously, if you just think, I'm going to treat the vulnerable as if they're valuable, as soon as you walk out those doors and head into our world, if you start to look for the vulnerable, not only in our community, but around the world, you are going to be overwhelmed. There is so much need out there. Here's what I want you to remember. Journey, would we do for one what we wish we could do for everyone? You can't solve the world's problems by yourself, but you can do for one what you wish that you could do for everyone. One neighbor, one coworker, one stranger, one child that needs your help. It's Compassion Sunday around here at Journey. And what we've done for years is we've partnered with this great organization because we believe they're doing some of the best things around the world to show that the vulnerable are valuable. Did you know that there's 1.7 billion children, billion with a B in this world that can survive and and thrive on about a dollar a day? These are kids that are born into the poorest of the poor. And for about a dollar a day, Kids can receive the food that they need, they can receive all the medical care that they need, and they can finish their education for about a dollar a day. Compassion's doing great work. Let's look at some of the work that they're doing.
1: In the Philippines, it's so smelly, very dark water. You can see Trash, rats, all of the crimes. The friends that I played with in the neighborhood got captured and was being trained to become child soldiers. In a given week, we we'll could go at least for three days without food.
2: We would beg our parents just to buy one apple, but even the rotten ones, we could not afford to buy
1: I just want to taste it. I just want to eat that fruit. In a period of 18 months, I lost my small brother Patrick, my mom, and I lost my stepdad because of the terrifying disease of HIV AIDS. When my mother died, I was lost. I was looking for hope, for God to just show me that everything was going to be okay not knowing what tomorrow will look like, not knowing whether I would have a home, whether we would live to see the next day. I don't know why Aaron Mitchell decided to sponsor me, but when he did, my whole life changed. A group of people from Compassion showed up at my church. They said, you're gonna go to school, and then somebody's going to write to you. I don't have to worry about whether my parents would have enough money to keep me going to school. Even if I get sick, someone was there to take care of me. I felt safe. I felt wanted. My sponsor is Edwin Bunny. Maria and Hanshru. Aaron Me Too five women from a lutheran church that were sponsoring me i am now a physical therapist and i'm working in a hospital clinical social worker i was the first child in my family to go to high school to go to college i have a bachelor and a master in in biomedical engineering second master in engineering management and a guy called me into ministry so i had to go and get a third master i have a ministry called youth arise africa that works with boys who don't have father figures. We opened a small school. It's now providing the same opportunity that Compassion provided to me, so that they too can break out of the circle of poverty. Whatever you do for the least of these, you do for me. You do for me. You did for me. You did it for me. Sponsor a child today to break the cycle of poverty in a child's life, like my sponsor, did for me.
0: The vulnerable are valuable. Journey we can do for one what we wish that we could do for everyone. Working with compassion has been part of the DNA of our church from the very beginning. And we wanted to share another story Uh, with you about someone from our church that not only were impacting the world through compassion, but the world was impacting them just as much. Let's watch this video.
3: Back in college, I started sponsoring a girl and she said at the end, you and Don are like parents to me. and, And that left a big impression on me because I knew that we had both impacted each other. And so then we were sitting in Journey, uh, Compassion Sunday, 2012. We found a child, his
4: name was the same as mine, Moses, and he was from Uganda. We wrote about like our families, our life, and we shared verses with each other too.
3: And he would send us pictures of how he spent extra money, like uh, for a pig right? A really big pig.
0: He bought an extension to his house, a front door, which is really big to have, and he also bought
4: an outhouse.
3: So Moses had expressed, my Moses, had expressed um, several times that he wanted to go on a missions trip. I said uh, either you or dad has to take me to Ethiopia with the team. So we, we prayed about it and we received lots of confirmations that that was indeed what we should do. And then we met Moses Tendo. He was really tall and very shy. We saw the school. Yeah. That had to be one of the most special, precious times of my life because being hugged by hundreds of kids their smiles were just beaming. They were just so happy that we were there. Yeah. We went and visited Moses Tendo's house. They were singing songs and hugging us. It was, it was really amazing. We were so blessed to be a part of it. We exchanged gifts. And when they gave, they gave from their heart. The extended family were so excited that the Tendo family was being blessed. It, it was really, it was really amazing. They're more concerned about community and each other, and to see your your child see the value in community.
0: Uh, I think about material
4: items very differently now. If they get something, they share it with everybody in their community. They don't just keep it for themselves, and I thought that was really cool. When
3: they asked me to pray, and I you know, I wasn't prepared for that, but I was able to to speak truth into that little home. So it was a really, really special time. To know that your child is, has experienced this and that truly God can do anything and use the smallest thing, that means the world to me as a mother. I think it's really important that we as parents listen to our kids. Had we not sponsored our compassion child. I just wonder if we would have the same blessing that we have today um, of him experiencing the the needs and the heart of a child in another country. You know, there's a lot of kids, but the ones that have compassion, they have options. They have a lot more hope than, than the ones that don't have the sponsorship to hear God differently, to pay attention to that still small voice, and to act on it. Just being obedient with the small things. So, And it all started with saying yes to a sponsored child. After going through visiting our family and then also meeting people that used to be compassion children and who are so um, thankful for compassion. I will, I will never stop giving to compassion.
0: Journey, we want to do for one what we wish we could do for everyone. Compassion does great work. One of the other programs that we've chosen to invest in is uh, I, Child Survival Program. Just lost it in my mind right there. The Child Survival Program. Because the reality is, is that a lot of these children, they don't even make it to the age where they can get sponsored. The infant mortality rates are so high. So, Compassion goes in and does work with young mamas and little babies to help them. And what we did this year is if you've been around Journey for a while, you'll know. That one of the things that we often do on Mother's Day is that we bring in a a guest artist, a a Christian artist that people would know the name of. And we spend thousands of dollars to do that to celebrate moms. And there's just something in our heart that just said, if we're going to put radical love in action, let's put our money where our mouth is. Let's not spend thousands of dollars on that. Let's spend thousands of dollars to help out young moms and young babies in the poorest of the poor So we just took the money that we normally spend for that in a year and we just invested it in this program. Let's watch this together.
2: From their delicate little fingers to their beautiful first smiles, there's no question that babies are one of God's most amazing creations. Each year, 132 million babies are born and begin their childhood journey. It's a precious time for mothers and a crucial time for babies as they develop and grow. But tragically, many little ones don't even make it to their third birthday. Poor nutrition, preventable childhood illnesses, a lack of care and protection, all these contribute to a child mortality rate that is still too high. That's where Compassion's Child Survival Program is filling the gap. Even before children are old enough to enter our child development program, we reach out to parents in poor communities. We offer them a helping hand so they, in turn, can enable their baby's healthy development. Compassion's local church partners provide a place for parents to come together and learn how to care for their children. And because the home is the center of these little ones' lives, that's where the child survival program is primarily implemented. Workers make regular visits to the homes to check on the children's development progress and encourage the parents, as well as take things like milk and other baby essentials. To ensure that they can meet their basic needs, Mothers are also taught income generating skills..
1: ini kesempatan bagi mereka misalnya ada acara-acara tertentu ini.
2: We want these mothers to know that they're not alone. And so the child survival program also provides them with a community of other mothers
1: belum saya mengikuti PPA. Saya merasa sepertinya pergaulan saya ini tidak begitu menyenangkan, tapi selama
2: waktu saya di CSP banyak banyak saya pelajaran hal dalam mendidik anak. The child survival program in a word helps children survive. And sometimes that's harder than it sounds.
0: I just want you to know what a privilege it was to, to write a check to serve mamas and little babies in Bolivia. That's the area of focus um, for the child survival program that we engaged in. But you probably know that the vulnerable, they don't just exist on the other side of the world. We have vulnerable kids right around where we live. I've invited a good friend of mine, Rick Velour. He works with a fantastic organization called Child Bridge that works with the fostering community uh, right here in the Gallatin Valley. Rick, thanks so much for being with us. Tell us a
4: little bit about Child Bridge and what they're up to. Yeah, Child Bridge is a Christian nonprofit organization based here in Montana. We have offices in some of the major cities around town. And the primary functions of what we do is we help find new families that are interested in being foster parents and then we come alongside of them and equip them to be successful in their journey in foster care. And we also engage local churches to get involved in, in creating support for uh, kids in foster care and the parents that are bringing them home. Awesome. Love what you do, Rick. And I, I, I get Rick's newsletter, and so I, I
0: get to read these stories of what's going on. And so I've asked him if he would just share a little bit about what God's
4: doing. We, there... don't, we don't have time for all the stories. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> There are wonderful, wonderful stories of transformation. One particular one is a family that we've been working with up in the Kalispell area, Jeff and Emmy Ort, who are a family that have five biological children, and they said, you know, we still have room in our heart and our home for another child, and so they became foster parents, and over the last seven years, they've had six kids uh, that they have fostered, and the last one that they were fostering, they ended up being able to adopt. And so they adopted this little guy, and he was. He, they thought they were done. Um, but then the state of Montana approached Childbridge about a particular kid who needed a forever home. This was a, a young man who at half, at six months, suffered shaken baby syndrome and was left... Uh, Pretty, pretty damaged. Uh, he is a wheelchair-bound child that uh, he's now 12 years old, still in a wheelchair, has a hard time speaking and doing anything for himself. And so we, we mentioned this child to the Orts, and they said, we'll take him. And um, that's what I think of when I read in Psalm 68 that God is a father to the fatherless yes. and that he sets the lonely in families. And so when I see stories like that, that is, a, that is a God story of him using his people to bring blessing to a, a kid that needed a lot of help. Yeah. So. Rick, I'm, I love what you do. Thank you so much
0: for how you're leveraging your life to help the vulnerable. If, if us around here at
4: Journey, we wanted to get around the things that you're about, how could we do that? Well, we're, we're trying to create some very easy on-ramps for people to get involved in helping kids in foster care. And so we've created, uh, I'm going to offer five suggestions. There is a summer camp just designed for foster kids the last two weeks of summer here in Montana, not far from here, and there are some special things that you could do to help. One of which is to uh, fill a birthday box. Uh, There's a birthday celebration for every child that comes to that camp, and they have a a birthday box filled with goodies and things, so each kid feels special, and you could do that. Uh, Number two you could become a camp counselor at that camp. It's called Royal Family Kids Camp. Uh, There's some training, it's a five-day period, it's the last, there are two different camps the last two weeks of June, uh, and it's a wonderful opportunity. Think of it like a short-term mission trip. Each counselor is assigned one child, and it's very impactful for those those kiddos and for the the counselors. Uh, Number three is that there are we're currently working with five active foster families here at Journey Church, and there are many others that we're working with around the area, but five here in, town, in at this church, and sometimes they need help. And so maybe you would like to just be able to volunteer and say, hey, if it, there's any Journey fostering families that, would, that need something, give me a call, let me know. I would love to help out. And then uh, fourth, sometimes we like to do an outreach. We like to live outside the walls of what we're doing and we like to go and just do nice things for the, the people that work at the Department of Child and Family Services here in Gallatin County. So we may take them a meal, buy them a gift card, uh, write them thank you notes. And if you would like to be a part of that, there, that's a very easy way to be a part of just blessing the people that do incredibly tough work at the Department of Child and Family Services. And then lastly, um, if, if God has put this on your heart, you know it. I don't have to, I'm not trying to convince you to become a foster parent, but if, if, um, if God has put this on your heart, you know, and you need help, and so we can help you become a foster family to be adequately supported and equipped and trained, and so I'd love to chat with you if you'd like to take that next step of bringing kids into your home. Awesome, thanks so much, Rick. Uh,
0: Rick is gonna be at a table out in the lobby uh, after our gathering here and some folks that are around a missional community here that have a specific focus in their life and ministry around ministering to the uh, foster families in our valley. So there's that opportunity out there. Uh, But Journey, we actually have an opportunity to respond to do for one what we wish we could do for everyone uh, out in the lobby after our gathering there's going to be the opportunity to sponsor uh, a compassion child 38 dollars a month gets them meals medical care and sees that they finish education incredible work that compassion does and all of these kids are in a couple of focus areas for our church in ethiopia and bolivia Um, I want to give you a specific instruction If you grab You can't grab one of these packet And take it home and think about it This is the only representation That these kids have If you take this home And lose it Or don't turn it in They get out of the system for months And these kids don't have months So uh, if this is something that God is tapping you on the shoulder uh, We just ask that you would take it That you would fill it out And you would leave it here before you go Journey let's do for one what we wish we could do for everyone.
2: Thanks for listening. We hope this time has allowed you to dig out more of who God has made you to be. If you made some kind of spiritual decision today and are interested in what's next, we'd love to connect with you. For more information or to get in touch, please visit journeyweb.net. If you're interested in supporting our ministry, you can give online at journeyweb.net slash give. Thanks.